0: This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to John Gonzalez, a taino Pimachikamak journalist, author, and filmmaker. He likens Canada to a giant battery charging in the United States. He described the poverty and depression in many indigenous communities worsened with disruption caused by the mega dams that sell hydropower to the United States. Gonzales was one of the protesters at Standing Rock. His comrades gave Gonzalez the ceremonial name of Standing Bear, which he uses for his media company. He has written a book about the Standing Rock experience, and it solidified for him. The need to stand up against and raise awareness about big corporations
1: what my what my purpose is is I, I try to I try to help the consumers look back and, and, and see you know where all this is coming from and uh, you know all these corridors coming down from Canada are on indigenous lands and uh, you know our people are dying our uh, uh, you know our wildlife our, our, our sturgeon, uh the beaver, the muskrat, all the wildlife they cannot keep up with the fluctuation of the waters. Um our islands are disappearing. Uh people don't realize that um you know these these dams, you know, they, they create reservoirs. And uh and and what happens is a lot of uh, CO two and methane are released. People don't realize that. You know methane uh you know which is many, many times uh more potent uh, than uh, CO two, and um, and then of course there's uh, methyl mercury, you know, being released uh, into the waters, which is a dangerous uh, uh, neurotoxin. Um, and
0: I understand. I understand yeah. that indigenous people have higher levels of this methyl mercury to begin with, and um, that being prohibited from fishing and hunting. Isn't happening. It's it's like a death sentence. I was told. Is that your um, understanding of it too?
1: Well, our, my people, we were known as CP Minnehawk, the River People. You know, and these rivers were our highways. Are our, our our? They they continue to be our highways, and uh, many of our people, you know, have died as a result of the, you know, when the water freezes up and then they drop the water level, and then there's a gap between the ice and the water. People have fallen through uh, on their skidoos, and, um, you know, it's, it, kids have gone swimming, and they've, they've come out with rashes and boils, and this is a terrible thing because it, these, these are already impoverished communities, and right now this is all going on in the midst of a, a COVID-19 pandemic, so our communities are very, very vulnerable. And, and, and while, while COVID-19 continues to ravage the world, these corporations continue to accelerate their operations. Um, you know, in my, in my community, particularly the Kiesk uh, project, you know, where, where they have uh, the work camps and they have the, you know, the change in the um, sort of change guard and, and, and you know, up to 1,000 New workers can come in into these vulnerable communities, uh, not not just with the you know with uh, you know threatening our communities with COVID nineteen, but also uh, increasing the rates of our missing and murdered uh, Indigenous women. So, so where
0: is this located? Where is your community located?
1: My my community is located in Cross Lake, Manitoba, uh people, and um, you know. They have a legacy that goes back thousands of years. They're, they're like petroglyphs that I've seen, you know, that date back like 6,000 years. And, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's like an imposed system of impoverishment. You know, that's, that's come, you know, at a time when the United States and Canada really have a, a truth and reconciliation obligation to indigenous people. Um you know, by way of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, so you know that's a big that's a mouthful for people that are just trying to stop corridors mm-hmm. you know but it it's but it's important for people to realize you know to get a sense of indigenous history you know a lot a lot of what our people are saying is that is that hydro was taken over where the Indian act and, and residential schools left left off you know, the last one of which closed uh, back in uh, 1996 in Saskatchewan. But, you know, there are, there are still class action lawsuits going on right now for forced sterilization of our women, also happening in Saskatchewan. And, uh, you know, and what's going on now in the territory with the tiny house warriors and what's in territory, uh, you know, where they're opposing the gas link, uh, coastal gas pipeline. Um, this is a big time for indigenous people right now. You know, we've been pushed onto a fraction of our land and it's like, you know, the genocide just continues by way of forced impoverishment, by way of the Indian acts. Um, you know, it's the impoverishment has really created a lull of despair, uh, you know, and I can only speak for, for my community, but, you know, this is a global problem. You know, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's certainly all across Turtle Island, Canada, and the United States. You know, um, and um, you know, it's it's a it's a mouthful to communicate to environmentalists sometimes. You know, because because you know, we're you know they're touting things like um, um, you know natural gas as being a bridge fuel. You know, just these false solutions. Uh, you know, with um, carbon trading and whatnot, and we got to get away from these false solutions. And people have to realize that hydro is not clean or green. It's dirty energy. It's contributing to the cultural genocide of indigenous people. And um, you know, sometimes you really have to just go through the community and 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 meet the people to understand what's happening. You know, the, the houses are, are uh, like. Little shanties full of, full of black mold. And, uh, you know, our people suffer from the highest rates of diabetes and, uh, uh, of course, alcoholism and, 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 and suicides. You know, we've had some of the highest rates of, you know, back in 2016, four of our youth, uh, for six. Six of our youth died in a period of uh, uh, six weeks Taking their own lives, and and it was a big thing. There was a state of emergency declared, and um, but you don't, you know, that lull of despair doesn't dissipate that quickly. So, you know, when I talk to people, I like to paint like a a picture of the community, you know, a little portrait of the people to understand, you know, what's happening with hydro for 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 the people to say that it's taken over where the where the Indian Act and, and residential school left off. It really, it really says a lot, um, you know, because right now at this time, you know, this needs to really be taken before the global community, you know, before the UN, UPR, the United Nations, uh, universal periodic review. This needs to be taken before the global community. And, uh, I hope, I, I hope we see that happen soon. And, um, you know, there's some good people like Thomas Monias and Rita Monez, uh, that are there. Uh, they've been fighting hard for their people, you know, for a long time. And um, yeah, are there any questions? Yeah, or,
0: I do. I just, um, I'm not as familiar with Canadian um, news as I should be. You mentioned several things I'd like to have you just talk a bit more about. One was about the... Tiny House Warriors? Could you just tell me a little about what what that is you were referring to?
1: Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, tiny House Warriors, they're in Blue River, uh, B.C., mm-hmm. and uh, and there's actually counter-protests going on there right now. Uh, but, um, you know, these are sequemic women you know, that have, uh, they built tiny houses and they they put these houses in the path of the uh, uh, Trans Mountain-Kinder Morgan pipeline. I see. And it is unceded, it is unceded to territory. So they are they are exercising their rights to sovereignty uh, and self-determination. And, uh, you know, there is no free prior and informed consent for that project. You know, similarly, that's what's gone on in, in Wetson-Wenton territory. You know, just north there. It's also in B.C. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where they're opposing the coastal gas pipeline. Those are the uh, hereditary chiefs. And so it's these traditional warriors that are, you know, really, uh, you know, protecting. And they're really, you know, real land defenders. Um, Tiny house warriors, they've been there for a couple of years now. I visited back in 2018. And, um, yeah, I went there to train a couple of drone pilots and, uh, I left them with a drone and, uh, you know, and it was, it's just, it's a wonderful thing to be able to connect with, uh, you know, with people and and just help out in any way you can.
0: Yeah, another thing that you mentioned in passing and I'd like to hear more about, although just the phrase makes me cringe. You were talking about, you know, a thousand workers coming in and how they can bring in COVID and then come out and you just mentioned sure. in passing this idea of more missing and murdered women. Do you want to just talk a little about that? Oh.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Um and let me just yeah, even before COVID nineteen, um, wherever there are these great infrastructure projects, whether whether it's hydro or or pipelines, um, there are man camps. They bring they have to bring in people. Mm-hmm. So I've saw I saw the one over in Blue River. Um, you know, I, I spent some time on that location, and uh, it's. Uh, what happens is statistically, um, you know, the rates of missing and, and, and murdered indigenous women just go up. They're, they're just off to, the, they're through the roof, you know? And it, right now in the United States, right, it's a big thing. Uh, Trump is, uh, he set up these uh, centers for missing and murdered indigenous women. I mm-hmm. guess there's, there's going to be quite a few going up, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how effective that's going to be, but I guess we'll see, right? Mm. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So missing and murdered indigenous, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, there, there are people more competent than me to talk about it because I have a lot of friends and, and, and family that have, that have lost, you know, people in terrible ways. Um, yeah i mean uh you know it's funny i've i've been doing this since standing rock you know and um after after three months you know i i really saw what it was we were up against you know with respect to the the might of these corporations and uh the impoverishment of so many people uh you know that become subjugated by these uh by these infrastructure projects. And it's it's like, it's almost like it's intended. And it is intended. It's, it's uh, you know, it's part of the 528 years of neocidal extinction, you know, at the hands of colonialism. And it just goes on. And we're asking people to help, you know. We're, we're saying people from New England, you know, who will potentially benefit from this hydro electricity, you know, just, you know, say no to it. You know, if nothing else, it'll free up your jobs for for green energy. You know, for for renewables. Um, you know, all that's well and good, and a lot of people are talking about it. What I try to do is I try I try to talk about the indigenous perspective. Yeah, that's and, um,
0: that's very valuable. You said you started this with Standing Rock, and I just wonder if you could talk a little about yourself, your own life, how it is you became a voice for Indigenous people, just a little about, you know, where you grew up, what your values are, what you do uh-huh. for a living, just a little about yourself would be really fascinating.
1: okay, I didn't expect that. Um, well, uh, I am uh, Taino Pramichikamak, and um, uh, I have written a book on my experiences, and it's out there, it's called uh, Standing Rock is Everywhere. Uh, a Story of faith, courage, and compassion, and uh, the foreword is written by Rodana Allard. Uh, she opened the first camp at Sacred Stone, uh, April first, two thousand and sixteen. So, yeah, I mean, I actually I'm thinking of putting putting together a documentary on that too, but uh, you know, because it it really it was just um, it was it was a life changing experience for me. And, uh, you know, it, it helped us realize the importance of uh, independent journalism, you know, because the media wasn't getting the word out there. And, uh, you know, I like to say that it's our youth, you know, that it really, they, they, since Standing Rock, they've, they've lit a sacred fire uh, whose embers have spread across this country and the world. And uh, it was... Um, Yeah, I mean, it was at that time that I I became acquainted with a lot of people, including Myron Dewey, uh, of Digital Smoke Signals, and he put out a documentary called uh, Awake, A Dream from Standing Rock, and wound up being on a a lot of panel discussions. Yeah, it's it's funny, I never intended to do what it is that I do, and sometimes I I have trouble, you know, really uh, putting a label on it, but... You know, I realized that you know how important it is, you know, for Indigenous people to elevate Indigenous voices, uh, tell our stories in Indigenous eyes, and um, so you know, my story is pretty lengthy, you know, and that's why I did write a book, but you know, it talks it talks about my experiences from uh, you know, Narragansett and Wampanoag territory here on the East Coast. Um, you know, to the Colville and and Kalispell tribes in the in the west coast, and then all through Canada, and and uh, uh, of course, Kmitchakimak. I, I I did. I have a documentary out there on uh, the Genpeg hydroelectric dam.
0: What What's the name of the documentary? You know, what's that called?
1: It's called. Uh, let's see. It's called Kmitchakimak Territory the devastating effects of the GenPeg hydroelectric dam.
0: Okay. Is that something that is accessible if yeah. if you type it into a computer? I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, um, so you you're know, a filmmaker you, you and a nothing. writer. Is that what you did for a living before this? You were into film and writing? No, or- no.
1: No, this all happened, and I don't really know that I'm doing anything for a living because I don't make money off it. Mm. <laughs> um but um, you know, I'm just in a place in my life where I can do it, and I'll do it for as long as Creator will let me. And uh, you know, so yeah, I've I've done several documentaries, and uh, my latest one is uh, I have a, there's a trailer out there for it, and it's called Hydro Impact. Um, yeah, so you can find those. They're on YouTube, and you can okay. find that uh, if you type in Standing Bear Network. Uh, most of my videos are up there. Stand- or you can go what is Facebook. what is
0: Standing Bear Network? I'm not familiar with that.
1: Well, that's you know that was a has been a media initiative that began during the Standing Rock occupation. I don't think I even I don't even think I opened that until 2018 or something. I started it, but um, that's just the name the name that I'm using. Um, you know, from any media productions and live feeds and things.
0: Does the name have a resonance for you? Why did you choose Standing Bear?
1: Oh, well, you know, Standing Bear. Uh, it was an honor to have that name. That was that's a ceremonial name that was given to me during the uh, final phase of the Standing Rock occupation. Um. Yeah, it was a really emotional time. I, uh, You know, many of my friends were injured. Many of my friends were. Uh, sorry about that.
0: No, that's okay. I didn't mean to m- make you get emotional. I'm sure it must have been really hard, but they saw you as a standing bear. I, I think that sounds like a as you said, um, quite a, a compliment. Um, does it mean you stood firm? Well,
1: yeah, Knieper with masqua. In, in, in English, it's standing there, but can with Mascua. I started to accumulate so much footage when I was at Standing Rock. You know, I have, uh, you know, friends being abducted and, uh, you know, in the middle of the night and, you uh, know, um, shots being fired and people screaming and, and, you know, a lot of my friends got really, you know, some are just figured for life, you know, Marcus Mitchell lost his left eye by way of a beanbag. And uh, Sophia Walensky, you know, had her left arm, you know, just nearly blown off, but blown off for all intents and purposes by way of a concussion grenade. Percussion grenade. And uh, Susie Desba, you know, she had a detached retina from a tear gas canister. Um it's it, it's crazy what it is we're up against today. You know? And uh we did we had that, a recent victory, uh I think it was July fifth you know, where the court said that the code access pipeline had to shut down mm-hmm. and they had to drain the pipe. Mm-hmm. and um, But, of course, here oil still in the pipe, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway. But with the current, but, um, with the Hydro-Quebec um, project, is there any hope that, you know, they had planned three dams, and I know um, people in the Alliance have told me the Edwards Dam um, 20 years ago was taken down, and the hope is that um, this project will somehow be stopped or dams will be removed. Do you, do you hold out much hope for that?
1: You know, I do. I do, and, and I haven't lost faith in humanity Um I think, you know, we, we've seen them. You know, there are dams being decommissioned and the fish are coming back and uh, and the nesting grounds and the spawning grounds and, and Mother Earth is, is healing herself. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, these dams, they have a shelf life, uh, you know. If they're, if they're not decommissioned, they're just going to break. I mean, do you realize hundreds of thousands of people, have died by way of dam failures if you ever if you ever get the time like uh type into youtube damn failures and uh you know it's uh it's 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 just not a good thing you know it's devastating for indigenous people and uh it's not good for uh, New England or new york you know it, it, I think it was uh premier Galt who said you know the intention was to really uh turn uh turn Canada into the battery of North America, you know, and that's what they've been trying to do. And, um, you know, we can't let these subtle, uh, you know, we we can't let them take advantage of things like COVID-19, you know, and and things get pushed through you know, because people aren't present and you got all all these virtual meetings going on. So, you know, we got to be vigilant, but, uh, you know, right now our message is, is just to, you know to not you know say no to Canadian Hydro, really, mm-hmm. in, in the simplest way. You know, again, you know, like I I have a documentary coming out, and it's going to talk about like a little bit of the portrait of the people, and uh, you know why why so many people feel that you know you know Hydro is taking over where where the uh, Indian Act and residential schools left off. And um, I think it's important that, that, you know, folks in New England and New York, I think they're ready for that, especially, like, in the wake of uh, George Floyd. Um, You know, and and, and acknowledging all the egregious uh, human rights violations that are occurring. You know, the fact that the United States and Canada have a a treatment and reconciliation obligation to indigenous people you know but they they keep trying they keep circumventing the substance of of what undrip was all about and that's you know the united states they were the last ones to get on board with with uh undrip and uh canada before that but um all the colonial countries you know took their time getting on board with undrip but now that they're signatories you know there is a there is an obligation
0: there i find that fascinating and i hadn't thought of the idea of the relationship with all the protests over george floyd which of course have focused on black lives mattering but you're you're seeing it as kind of a general raising of consciousness of white colonialists in general um, for, you know, the crimes that were committed against the indigenous people as well. You think there's a kind of a rising tide that includes that, too?
1: Well, we're very much connected. Um, You know, indigenous people were the first slaves. You know, here in New England, here in Rhode Island, where I am, uh, right here in Providence, is really where the Industrial Revolution began. And, uh, that's where the Brown brothers built their first slave ships. Uh, you know, probably a hundred thousand and more slaves passed through ports, our ports up here. And it was, and, and, and they were sold. This is, that was the beginning of the transatlantic slave trade. And, um, you know, our people were sold, uh, you know, particularly like down in the Caribbean. And yeah, so that, that began the transatlantic slave trade it was really with uh, indigenous people. And, um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people aren't aware of that, but when we, whenever something like this happens, and you know, George Floyd isn't the first, but it's really, it seems to have really shaken people up. Um, and uh, it makes people aware of, of the egregious human rights violations, you know, by uh, a militarized police force. Um You know, people are, it used to be we were just used to the blue uniforms. Now we have to be, you know, get used to the camouflage, you know, and Mm. and then the heavy artillery. Mm
0: -hmm. At Standing
1: Rock, they actually pointed a rocket launcher at Water Protectors. (laughs) They brought in a rocket launcher. Wow.
0: I don't, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts for us, but we've used up a half an hour of this fascinating conversation, and I hope to run the whole thing. But if you have any ending thoughts for us, um, it would be wonderful.
1: Well, the Penobscot chief has uh, put out a statement uh, to the Army Corps of Engineers uh, in opposition to... Uh, the new England clean energy connect. And, um, we want a full, we want full environmental impact studies done. You know, that's the reason why they stopped the pipeline at standing Rock. And, um, that seems to be, you know, what, what's been the most formidable form of attack is, is just, uh, you know, ensuring that we, ensuring that we get full environmental impact studies done, not just environmental assessments, um, and we take this a little more. We take climate change a little bit more seriously, you know. I mean, if we really want to get to the numbers that we want to get to, uh, we we can't be, um, you know, we can't be putting pouring billions of dollars into false solutions.
0: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your perspective and your courage.